<laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Like a doll's eyes. I love this town! Hello, <laughs> city! So uh, we are City of Geek, right? For those of you who are yeah. just, just tuning in. <laughs> Did somebody just belch? Maybe. That, that, that'd be <gasps> fitting. <laughs> that we, we are returning after, after a, a, about a month and a half since our last say, uh, like regular recording. Though <laughs> in the four weeks since the, uh, four weeks before this episode, we have started the side podcast. So I've been doing that instead of you guys. <laughs> That's because um, you, keep, you keep doing movies that you have to pay for. And I'm sure <laughs> it happens. Yeah, uh, I was just like, fuck it. I want to make sure Kim has to pay for this shit. Yep. <laughs> yes. I've been running them. Uh, but the underemployed are, doing... artist. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, yeah. But what we're talking about here is the worst movie of the year podcast. If you are on our regular stream, they've been popping up, uh, though it has its own stream if you're interested in subscribing to that. Uh, if you want just that, uh, go ahead and do that. Uh, which the last couple weeks we looked at Veronica, Date Movie, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and Septic Man. Uh, and then the next episode will be the Emoji Movie. So you're looking at some, some pretty big shit here. Uh, literally when it comes to the last two. Uh, oh, yes. Tony has joined us for Septic Man and Veronica and Cody has for, uh, you were Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah, I was Mortal Kombat. Yeah, and then you're uh, returning for, for Emoji Movie, along with other friends and guests, including you know Eric the funny thing? Radio. You know the funny thing about that, my, uh, my, uh, my cameo in that one, is I didn't fucking watch the movie. I, I pulled everything from memory of me watching <laughs> it 15 years ago. Wow. <laughs> wow. And then just read the go back and listen to it. You will shit through it. <laughs> Dude, that's that's some like, you know, memory stuff, man. I remember it pretty well, and I'm like, oh fuck, I remember hating this shit. I can talk about it. <laughs> this will be one week to come on. None of us have watched it with the maker. It's like, oh, I figure everyone else is gonna watch this shit. <laughs> but uh, speaking of strange eons radio, and our friend Eric and Kelly and Vanessa from over there, we're totally stealing their current format. Uh, they're, they've they've been going weekly, uh, so we're gonna try and do this as well. Uh, popping in, seeing how everyone's doing, and giving a suggestion or two for it, something that's streaming on one of the major streaming services uh, that you don't have to pay for if you don't have the yeah that uh, something to check out in this quarantine as we're all just looking for more and more media since we are at home and have more of a chance to do it. Um, before we get to that, uh, how you, how, how y'all doing <laughs> more than we talked a little before, before we started recording, but more something, yeah, if you want that, anything I put out there for our listeners, all two of them. <laughs> You're you, both Jim. the greatest. <laughs> uh, dead air. Love it. We're deliberately fumbling so that you have to do some editing on this and, and, and labor over it intensively. Um, editing? What, is it? what the hell is that? Bob, Bob's not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh. that's, that's not a thing he'd do. No, he's, I think... he's just going to hack at it, you know? Yeah, he didn't even like, uh, edit well, that he... one where it was just us three, and it, like half of that shit was just us rambling. He's just like, ah, fuck it, I'm going to put up there. I trusted you. <laughs> <laughs> that was your first mistake, Bob. 
<laughs> okay, um, so shall we introduce ourselves or, or are we just going to vault straight in? We should uh, we probably should do that for anyone who might be uh, newer, has been a while or what have you. It's been a while. I barely remember who I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, existential angst. It's, it's a bitch, man. Um, I'll start. My name is Tony, Tony K. I write about film and music for a couple of different websites around town. I have the honor of being able to co-host uh, this lovely podcast that you are listening to right now. And I have recently contributed to uh, the other part of the Bob Foster uh, podcast, Global Domination Bit, which is the uh, worst film of the year podcast uh, that he has just started. So It's the worst uh, movie of the year. Just if you're worst movie of the year, excuse me. Um, We're not talking actually, <laughs> well, film. if you're searching for it, you can get the right thing. Ah, sorry. Yes, please correct me. Um, because I am old and I forget things. Uh, but yeah, that's who I am and looking forward to uh, chewing the fat with these guys here. So uh, who's next? Uh, I, I, my name is Kim. Uh, I uh, write for City of Geek. Uh, I also have another podcast, Ghoulish Tendencies, where we talk more about true crime and paranormal. Uh, uh, and I do theater. There you go. Jesse. Jesse. And I'm Cody. I sometimes, once or twice a year, actually write an article for City of Geek. <laughs> very, very frequently I'm on the podcast. And when I decide, you know what? Fuck it. I hate myself. I go on Bob's podcast and watch the movies. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the four that we've had so far, or fifth one coming on Sunday. And uh, of course, I'm Bob and one of the other voices here with uh, the worst movie of the year as well and uh watch movies for crypticon panel for crypticon like the rest of these motherfuckers uh which we <laughs> sorely missed last week um and hopefully you'll be here in september as it as it should be so we'll, we'll find her at crypticon seattle.com and uh yeah that, that's it <laughs> uh on, on cityofgeek.com i have been trying to get caught up with my daily um daily blog of what i've been watching which is about a month and a half behind but as time goes by, I'm sure I'll get there. Mad props. I am impressed with how much you do get up there uh, because like Cody, I usually contribute maybe once or twice a year. I'm trying to increase the quantity of pieces that I write for our fine blog slash website, but it can be a little bit difficult sometimes. Understandably. Even I actually, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say I'm I'm hoping to to write a review of the uh, the movie I just watched because it's pretty new, um, which I <laughs> keep forgetting the name of. Uh, it was the wait wait it was the last tapes of the last the no the last footage of oh, Leo Sullivan, which I I just watched and so I I started a review I need to finish it but I hope to put that up sometime this week. Yeah, I got I got a couple things in the backlog for like four reviews. Once I get caught up in the mini ones, then I'll get to the, the full ones. Like I watch Bloodshot, and uh, so I might write something for that or or what have you. Is that worth paying money for? No, to rent? Okay. not really. I paid five bucks, and that was, <laughs> that was it's so okay. The, the concept is fine. Vin Diesel is bad, and the script is bad. The, the like it seemed like Escape from 1992. Um, I mean 2002 when Venom escaped as well. Um, mm. And it's kind of that if. if seems really like 13 year old boy or frat boy type movie if you're one of those you're neither uh enjoyment. um i'm sorry i'm totally a frat boy thank you you are a 13 year old boy <laughs> at heart 
I'm a 12-year-old boy at heart. Along with the heart that's in your bathroom. True. That's where I keep my heart because normally I don't keep it within my own body. That's <laughs> just foolishness. Who keeps their heart in their body? Ugh. I tell you, it's, it's so much more space efficient to not have it. It really is. Hanging out there. It, it, it provides more room for the alcohol. You know, exactly. I need all, I need all of that alcohol room I can get. There we go. Amen to that. <laughs> cool. So uh, who wants to start with what they, uh, what they've been, uh, what they've been streaming lately? Yeah. Oh, fuck uh, it, I'll do it. Cause I've only streamed like one thing. <laughs> um, I watched Antrim the other night, uh, the movie where it's supposed to be, it's, Basically, it shows you a supposedly cursed film. The idea being like, you know, a cigarette burns, except you're actually getting to watch the film. I really, really was looking forward to it. I really liked the concept, and I think it was a great idea that completely fell fucking apart. Mm. It's like it hits you over the head with how supposedly cursed it is. There are a couple scenes that really, really work. But they keep going back to the same well over and over again. And, like, I mean, there's only so many times you can, like, put a fucking pentagram on the screen and make it be like, ooh, spooky. Like, there's a scene, um, like, halfway through the movie, that's probably the scariest thing ever. But then they literally, not ever, but, like, in the movie. Uh, And then they repeat it, almost the exact same scene at the very end, and it, like, it, it, it taints the memory of the first one. It was, like, I was very bummed by that. Like, it really just, like, depressed me because I'm like, I really, 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 really wanted that concept to work because I do love the old, you know, cursed film, you know, ooh, spooky, watching it, you know, kind of thing. But it's like, oh, fuck. It just fell so flat. I'm like, I think the concept is still there long term. Some way you can make it work. It's just this one didn't work whatsoever. Yeah, I, I've heard mixed things about it. It's on Prime right now, right? Yep. Uh, I've heard it, it, it's mostly good until they start to actually show the movie, and the movie doesn't really hold up to the curse leading to it. The documentary parts are probably the best parts of the movie. And there is like a, there's a scene um, like midway through where like the, the, the tape stops for a minute. And you actually see the scary-ass-looking figure looking at you. And like I said, it really, really works. And there's actually, like, fear because there's, like, silence on there. And then I'm like, okay, that at least worked. And then they, like, they sully that memory. And I'm like, fuck you, Antrim. <laughs> <laughs> That's too bad. Well, that was, like, I'm, I haven't seen it yet, but that was, like, Brightburn. I mean, you guys were, um, those of you who had seen Brightburn were saying the same thing about that, uh, that it was a really terrific concept that they just did zilch with. So go figure. Yeah. And then I also streamed night of the living dead, darkest dawn. It was basically, um, a PlayStation two cutscene <laughs> stretched out over a whole movie. It's supposed to be animated. Oh God, it sucked. Oh, uh, that was the that animated thing version of night of the living dead. Yeah, that was the one where I sent you the picture of uh, Tony t- t- Tony Todd, who was actually did the voice of uh, Ben again. Oh, okay. Like there is, I shit you not, like like it's in New York, and like um, Bill Mosley is playing Johnny, and instead of being at the um, uh, the funeral place with it, because it's actually set in like the actual city part, he's like in a high rise, 
And then all of a sudden, uh, you hear Bill Mosley talking to Barbara, uh, and a plane crashes into his high-rise building. <laughs> what the? Yep, all of a sudden, you just see this, like, PlayStation 2 plane crash into this, like, animated building. Boom. Dead. Um, there's so much shit. Man, shit sucked, too. Yeah, fuck that movie. And, like, ah, oh, fuck. It, it was seriously, like, hard to sit through, because... Like even like live action shit, you can usually, I, I can usually sit there with like the animation, like you could see like Tony Todd look like they, um, they crossed, crossbred him with an overcooked steak. And <laughs> you know, you had Bill Mosley just get wrecked by a plane five seconds in Tom Sizemore is in the movie as a military commander. He has all of 10 lines. It, it it was basically like watching like Left for Dead um, cutscenes, except with shitty dialogue and nothing really goes together. I mean, how everybody um, everybody dies rather than it being you know at the gas pump. It's at a gas station, which supposedly Manhattan's overrun with zombies. But you know, it doesn't matter. There's 10 million people live in New York. The streets are empty. Of course, yeah. And I'm like, that sucked. That shit sucked too. Was it shot in Vancouver? (laughs) Um, it was legitimately like, uh, uh, I remember it was an animated project and it was like, um, supposed to, it was pretty much like they took the map of Grand Theft Auto (laughs) four and they like built it around that. It was, it was like none of it's live action. It's all terrible. I mean, to say it looked like shit would be very... That's giving it credit. Like, this movie came out in, like, 2015 or something. Yeah, that's what I'm looking up right now. And it was... Because I I remember hearing rumors about it as far back as, like, 2005. um, Where... And they finally did a Kickstarter for it. And I'm like, honestly, if I was a Kickstarter person, I would have sued for fraud. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Danielle Harris and Joe Pilato plays Harry. Ah. Um, Holy shit! Yep. And... Yeah. I... Oh no, go ahead. Oh, I, w- I was just going to say. Um, I, not only I, not only do I, do I feel bad for the fact that all of the people who actually made the original Night of the Living Dead um, somehow let it um, fritter off into the public domain. I, that actually crosses over into anger sometimes when I think about the fact that so many slipshod remakes and prints and and cuts of the movie have have uh, made their way uh, into the firmament because it's a public domain film. Yeah, like the like, like the thirtieth anniversary one with uh, John Russo when he recut it and had that priest character. Or... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Night of the Living Dead 3D, where Sid Haig's an evil um, scientist. Yeah, that oh, one that's right. Started it, but it was so bad that I turned it off. Uh, but it's funny, there was another animated one that was done um, in this way. And oh, yeah, it was, mixed, it was Where every 15 seconds it changed. That was okay. I thought it got really repetitive after a while, but I do own that one. So Interesting. <laughs> well, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so that so many versions of My Living Dead right? out there. Uh, only a couple sure. of them are, are worth it. What, are worth but, it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the the criterion when they when they remastered it they got a they were able to get the I think Tony you 
you were you were you doing the interview for uh i when they they announced that there but for the fickleness of cruel fate would i have been doing an interview with george romero at the 2017 Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, the guy who played johnny in the original i can't remember his name at the moment oh uh, yeah russ reiner yeah, Russ, didn't he say yeah, that they, uh, that Criterion, when they did that that particular print, is actually in in the correct uh, copyright now? So they, they, you can still use any other prints, but that print <laughs> is not is copyrighted. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right, next. Next. Who's next? I'll uh, go. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, my uh, big fixation which i have already talked to you guys about off mic uh extensively is that i just got my 30-day trial uh free trial for shutter the streaming the core theme streaming service and i tell you uh i'm like a smack addict that just got a high quality (laughs) pile of china white (laughs) and is just able to mainline to his heart's content um the thing that i've really been hitting up a lot has been the documentaries um that are shutter exclusive they've got Um, great documentaries they're phenomenal and and one that i really really love so much that if it came out on physical media i'd buy it is horror noir um, which is an excellent uh overview of the the role of uh, African Americans in the American horror film. And it literally goes from uh, birth of a nation all the way up to, you know, uh, get out and us. And it's just, it's an invaluable bit of historic documentation. Uh, and it's also just a, it's, it's uh, very thoughtful and intelligent. And uh, it's also just got some priceless stories from uh, actors and directors. You get a wonderful summit meeting between Ken Foray and um, Tony Todd. Yeah. And Dwight that Little is, and yeah. um, cover the other names in there, but so many great, yeah, but, great uh, horror Yeah. Names. A lot of, lot of invaluable insights, great interviews, uh, a, a good bit of horror history that is often overlooked and also um, some much needed uh, kind of spotlights shown on some very underrated, but very good movies like uh, Ganja and Hess gets a lot of love, yeah. um, understandably so. Um, also, uh, there is a documentary called King Cohen that I watched that I absolutely love. Um, King Cohen is about director Larry Cohen, uh, all-American dude, uh, former New Yorker, uh, who is famous for making fast and cheap movies that were also, uh, there were also like definitely idea filled. Um, one person in the documentary compares him to Sam Fuller, uh, who was kind of a two-fisted director who did pulp movies, but did them uh, with an extra sense of artistry and also a significant sense of kind of just hard-boiled eloquence almost. And uh, there's just a surplus of amazing stories that this guy tells because he was able to shoot in the heart of New York during the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. uh, And he managed to get Andy Kaufman of all people in his first film role, sandwiched him in a cop uniform shoved him in line with this other phalanx of marching cops at this huge Macy's parade and managed to shoot a whole scene with him, with Andy Kaufman, basically going berserk, shooting people and getting shot himself, all without a permit. Like totally got away with it under the noses of, of uh, New York. Because of course, if you film on location in New York or in most major cities, 
you need about 20 different permits. Oh, and, so many. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> and Cohen was a master at like subverting this. And you get all these great stories. You get uh, interviews with, uh, there are great interviews with him as well as Fred Williamson, where they both basically contradict each other completely. The movies. Yeah, the movies it was, it was great. I like the, the back yeah. and forth on it's that. It's got this great <laughs> sense of frankness, you know, where uh, Cohen will tell a story and then Fred Williamson will be like, no, that's bullshit. That didn't happen at all. You know, and I'm just like, oh, I love both of these men so much. Um, sadly, Larry Cohen passed away a year or two ago, um, but this is a wonderful overview of his career. Uh, and he's directed some really, really great movies with some really sharp uh, social satire edge to them. Um, my favorite of his is probably God Told Me To, which I think is an excellent, really wild ass uh, 70s horror movie that goes off into a lot of different directions. The less you know about it, the better. It's great to go into it dry and just expect to have your mind fucked because you do thoroughly. Um, but yeah, th that's terrific too. Uh, I also got to rewatch Halloween, um, which I oh. literally have not seen in about 10 or 15 years, but it was streaming on Shutter also. Yeah. Um, Halfway to Halloween. There you go. Uh, and it still holds up, you know, uh, this oh, yeah. was, yeah, this is a bit of a surprise for me. I, Again, uh, Gen X poll date alert. I saw Halloween on its first run uh, the, the week after it hit theaters back in 1978. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, and uh, I had seen it twice after that, but the last time was like about 10 or 15 years ago. And it's one of those movies you take for granted. You figure, oh, it's great, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But if you sit down without distractions and you just rewatch it again, it just it just hammers home how early on uh, John Carpenter's gifts as a filmmaker were showing. I mean, this is his sophomore movie. It was his second feature film. Well, his second solo directed feature film. Yeah. Uh, and just the, the fluidity, the camera movements, the execution of the suspense sequences, the framing. Uh, it, it just, it really holds up. I mean, it, it deserves to be um, the iconic, I hate that overused term, but the iconic film that it is. So yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun to revisit as well. It's good, but it's no Halloween five good. <laughs> I love uh, I mean, Halloween, Halloween five. It's where it's at. Took I love drink. Halloween five. Halloween five is great. I love it. Yeah, I was say on on uh, King Cohen. Yeah, I watched that last year, or the year before. I watched it like about three days before he died, and I mm. watched it like almost like it's like oh man, I need to contact Steve Lang and tell him to to book Larry Cohen and then oh, died. Oh. It's like, Oh shit. <laughs> that would have been so, I was, I was very lucky to have met him twice. Um, in fact, the sec, the second time I met him, he was selling um, film used uh, cardboard containers of the stuff, the stuff, empty, empty containers and selling them and autographing them. So um. ladies and gentlemen, my Larry Cohen autographed the stuff. I really like uh, Q, uh, Bone, and um, he wrote he wrote Phone Booth. He didn't direct Phone Booth. Um, yeah, that's a terrific movie, though. Oh, yeah, no Joe Schumacher directed that, but he wrote it, and it you kind of like once I realized that he's one wrote it, I'm like, oh, that kind of feels like Larry Cohen. You know? Yeah, oh, totally. phone now, booth, when you like say that, yeah, sniper movie. Uh, yeah, cause the, the it's Colin Farrell and there. Huh. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize he wrote that, but now that you say it, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, yeah he wrote that yeah, yeah, and Cellular and a bunch of other like thrillers from the from the two thousands. Mm, cellular cellular mm. wasn't good, but um, <laughs> but he did. <laughs> we kind of had that. Uh, what happens with a lot of you know the seventies directors having to like push through in the two thousands, but yeah, 
but he kept he kept going. I mean, and in fact, I think, um, excuse me, I'm belching as bad as Cody here. Um, I, I, there's uh, a, there's a, thank you. I okay. See. No, I, you will never be dethroned, Cody. I'm sorry to have blasphemed at all. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a, there's a <sighs> website where you can actually read, I think any one of like eight or 10 unproduced Larry Cohen screenplays. And I keep meaning to check it out. That guy was prolific to the end. He just never stopped working. He loved what he was doing. Uh, very compassionate guy, very, uh, very much ahead of his time in terms of how he viewed um, like using African-Americans in film, you know, I mean, and that's, you know, I mean, in 1970, he directed a bone, which is a great subversive jet black comedy with a terrific performance by Yaffa Koto, one of his great, one of Koto's best actually. So, yeah, so that was, a, that was a wonderful watch. Again, these are streaming on uh, shutter. And you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. Uh, and their, their curation is outstanding. Uh, I'm really looking forward to just digging in even deeper. So I'll stop blathering and let you guys go. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll pop on for, for the next year. Leave, leave Kim yeah. for last, the best for last. Uh, <laughs> before I, we leave Larry Cohen, so yeah, he did write um, the Maniac Cop movies and uh, the It's Alive movies. So he's got a. Oh my God, that's right. Oh my God. Um, uh, I'm going to go over something that we all know, but it's, it's absolutely fantastic that it's slid under the radar for some people. Uh, but what we do in the shadows. Yes, um, the, the, the show or the movie? The show and the movie. I wanted uh, to, to mention nice. here. Uh, the, sh the movie I've seen a zillion times, but it is streaming, uh, streaming on Hoopla. If you have it through whatever library you, you have, oh. if you have uh, Seattle Public Libraries, uh, Hoopla is on there and they get a great selection, especially for a lot of uh, lower grade horror films. This isn't low grade at all, but um, some of the stuff you might see pop in like that oh, might be OK. There's a chance it's, it's on Hoopla. Uh, like anything that Lin Shay came out in the last 20, 10 years, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> all those little she does for, for favors. Uh, those are all on there. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about somebody who keeps working like Lin Shay's in like 10 movies a year. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Good for her, man. You know, we need, we need character actors. We so yes. need character actors. I'm so fed up with cut GQ models and, you know, Hollywood blondes who all look the same and just thank God that there are still a few character actors. Out I there mean, like let's not take out all of the cut GQ models. Gotta leave but one or two in. They're the ones that have to die early. You can keep Jason Momoa. Okay, that's, that's all I want. If I have Jason Momoa, I'm a happy girl. But he's about to, he's going to get killed by Danny DeVito. <laughs> Is he shirtless? Because it's fine then. Danny DeVito is shirtless. Yeah. Thank you. That's all I want. That's all I'm asking for. Actually, he's going to pull on tidy whiteies. Cody, you know how to get to my sweet spot. Talk dirty to me, Cody. Talk dirty to me. But back on topic. Butter topics. For for those who uninitiated, what we do in the shadows was first a well, was first a short film that became a movie in 2014, written and directed by. Taiko Watiti, I'm really bad at pronouncing names, uh, who, of course, everyone knows from uh, Thor, uh, Flight of the Concords, Eagle vs. Shark, um, Jojo. and then uh, Jojo Rabbit from last year. Sorry? For the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People, my very favorite movies of all time as well. Like, uh, and what we do in the shadows is in my top five movies. I got to get to see it uh, in, in theaters. I think I was out of you know, out of uh, out of tears from laughing so hard and crying from that. So many quotable lines, so many amazing things. Uh, if you're unaware of the 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 plot of that, we have a four vampires living together 
in a, in a, in a house in New Zealand and they have a camera crew with them. And it's kind of like the banality of their life. Um, and it, they're all different types of vampires. You see how it comes together with uh, Jermaine Clement is one of the other writers, one of the stars in there along with uh, Watiti himself. Um, and it's just fantastic. I don't want to ruin any of the jokes, any, any of the, the back and forths, but it's, it's really great of this, like, these the high concept of vampires living together but just this, the boringness of their lives uh that's very much like ours and they're kind of really awkward and it's out of step with time um and then last year it was adapted to a television show actually the second show because the first show was um wellington paranormal which i haven't seen wellington pd um but coming out on hulu now streaming on hulu is season one and half of season two because it's coming out every wednesday uh is a television show which even though the movie is in my top five, the show is actually better. I think the show's better. Yeah, uh, I think not, really I've heard that tones in the concept. Much, almost everybody. Well, the format of it is it's vignettes in the movie. Even I mean, like you have a lot of these kind of even though there's there's a a, a story arc, you have a lot of these kind of self contained little moments, and that works really well in this TV show format. Yeah, because you can just do a twenty four minute. You know, arc with its own little bits with with its it. own little bits and, and they've got a few things they're generally. drawing out now uh which i i don't want to spoil for people who haven't seen season two because they've been doing some really delightful things in season two with guillermo particularly but uh guillermo, i've got some blood on my color <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not just the direct it's it's the same style but it's not a direct copy because the characters aren't just analogs to the ones from the movie right no uh, they they're very much their own wrong. Yeah. thing uh although there's an episode in season one that is maybe one of the most perfect <laughs> moments uh with the vampire council that is amazing and that I, is, I, yeah. I went nuts when that happened it's it uh, is it is so it amazing. is beautiful it is beautiful and uh and uh it for for the tv show instead of being in new zealand with the same group we have a different group of people uh now in staten island um who have lived there about 200 years uh, as they go through their own banality of life uh nandor uh nadja and uh, Laszlo, uh, mm-hmm. so all from different areas, which which really great because here Nandor is from Iran, so you don't normally see a lot of uh, semi-positive oh, yeah. portrayals of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of a uh, Persian people, um, and then not just from Greece. And Laszlo is played by Matt Berry from all sorts of British things, yeah. uh, the IT crowd, <laughs> and uh, uh, I think he was on uh, League of Gentlemen, which I was talking to Cam about earlier. Mm. I can't remember exactly. I know Mark Gaddis was on it. Um, it was all all sorts of BBC. Uh, so you get three different styles, different lives of these people have known each other for 200 years and they're bickering and arguing and, uh, you know, going through the house and they got their familiars and Doug Jones is in season one. Uh, yeah. Mark Campbell's going to be in season two. I haven't seen his episode yet. Um, I, think I don't it think tonight's. it's, I was going to say, I think it's tonight's episode. Um, which I haven't seen. It's recording right now. We'll watch it tomorrow. Uh, but taking that and moving into United States society is really translates really well, but also keeps this general humor. Um, it gets, it allows, but allows more time for the characters to develop and, and have these little moments that are stretched out a little further. Uh, it is on Hulu. So it's easily accessible <clears throat> and you'll want to blast through all 10 episodes of season one and all five episodes of season two, like as soon as you watch it. Um, so if, if you've been reticent to watch it because you love the movie so much, it's just as good. Same people producing, writing, directing, uh, bring in more people uh, and it all ties in together very well. So that's my recommendation is what we do in the shadows, the TV show and the movie. Nice. Cool. Yeah. I, 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 I 
heartily agree with all the things you're saying. The TV show and the movie are both fantastic. Uh, uh, my, my one final note is there. I want to say, uh, besides, I, I, I forgot to mention the other vampire of Coleman Robinson, uh, played by Mark Posher, I think his name is, who on the uh, Todd on The Office. Um, Dwight's assistant. Uh, he's a bunch of other things, but uh, the only guy to look like Tenacious D, both members of Tenacious D at two different points of his life. Um, uh, but he is an energy vampire. You know, those guys who were oh really yes, boring, yes, uh, who kind of like drain you of your energy. And it's really what could have been just a one-off joke really plays well, and that builds up incredibly it's well. And everything really nicely. Could be yeah. a one-off joke builds well uh, upon previous jokes and building up. Never, nothing gets tired, even if it is almost like the same jokes again and again. Yeah, <laughs> and that shows a lot of uh, a lot of great writing if you're able to tell the same joke in like 20 different ways and not feel stale. Yeah, yeah. Nice. The uh, art yeah. of the running gag, man. The art of the running gag. It is an art. Uh, well, so first I want to just give a quick shout out to season two of um, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs because yeah. it started a couple weeks ago and it has made Friday nights for me. Um, it's a thing to look forward to. Uh, so I, I have been thoroughly enjoying like to the point where I, I putting it down as a conflict at times. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do anything Friday from six to 11. I will be watching the last drive in and live tweeting with everybody. So if you've, if you didn't realize that join us, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to be recommending, uh, another shutter show. And this is a TV series that I started watching, and that is Nosferatu. Mm. Nose for A2. Eight. I, A2. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's the license plate. Uh, and it, it was kind of a surprise for me. I, I had started it. I remember when it was running on AMC, I think. Yeah, it's um, still on I think season one is AMC, season two is Shutter Only, right? I don't know. Oh, season two is not out yet. No, it all comes okay. out. The season two comes out in June. June 5th. Um, yeah, uh, but they they run at like the same time, or there's a I don't know which I I I didn't I remember seeing the commercials I hadn't watched it it popped up a lot for me when I'd go into Shutter, and I finally decided well I like Zachary Quinto I'll just I'll give a watch I knew very little about it, outside of obviously we're dealing with some kind of vampire, <laughs> uh, I didn't even realize until. Uh, a little bit into it, I didn't realize that it was the Joe Hill novel and Joe Hill being um, Stephen King's son. Yeah. Uh, he's got a better hold on endings than, than his father does. He does. He does. Yeah, he does. yeah, yeah he understands I've read that. all of most, most of Hill stuff and he does. Uh, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's a really interesting show. You, you are basically following... Um, the vampire in it is not your typical vampire. Uh, Zachary Quinto plays a guy named Charlie Manx. And rather than draining blood, he takes children in his car to Christmas lands, which kind of sounds like something a serial killer would do. <laughs> Uh, but he, he basically, he feeds off of their souls in this drive to Christmas, Christmas land and whatever is left of them, he deposits in Christmas land. At this point, they're kind of ghouls and they live there, but he, he sees them as being like his children, his weird little fucked up 
twisted children, like all children. Uh, so the this this girl, uh, Vic McQueen, realizes she has uh, this power to find lost things, and she travels using this this bridge that doesn't exist anymore. And I realize all of this sounds a little strange, but once once you get into it, you're just like, oh yeah, of course. Uh, so she sets out trying to, you know, find the lost children and, and gets kind of crosses paths with him. But it, it's highly entertaining. It's different. It is not, if you're, if you are looking for some Anne Rice level vampires, you will be disappointed. Uh, but I, I like the mythology. The characters are great. Really. It's, it's the it's a really fantastic cast across the board. All of the actors are really fantastic and awesome and very good. And that's what sells it. Cause it's weird. It is weird. It is, it is asking you to make some leaps with, with some of the stuff. Um, but they sell it. So uh, I recommend it. The second season is coming out in end of June. I June think 5th, is, I think, is when it starts. Uh, they pushed it back. Oh, so okay. I, that's Yeah, that's why I said end of June, I believe, was... was uh, it was originally supposed to be June 5th, but it, it got because of, I don't know, because of quarantine or um, whatever, I believe. Actually, I'm going to look it up right now. I think remember something about like, AMC, like... June plane. 21st okay. is when it's coming out now. Uh, so there is still time to watch season one, if you would like to hop onto the season two train it's been on my list i've read the book um and i haven't uh but i haven't seen the show yet but uh, a lot of joe hill products coming out recently for stephen king always has a bunch every year but uh in the last couple you know months we've had uh in the tall grass from the novel the novella oh, that you wrote with yeah, with uh yeah. with stephen um mm-hmm. and then uh lock and key came out in february on netflix which um, I haven't watched, but part of that was because I have not heard particularly great things about it. Yeah, I've, okay. I've heard a pretty mixed reaction. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I and think I feel that about the, sh- the, the the comic too. I've read most of the comic, and I found it to be okay. I like the concept better in execution. Mm-hmm. The I, comic I really for me loses it after the first volume. I stopped reading after like volume three. Mm-hmm. Fair. That's too bad. Yeah, I think I have one volume left for the comics. Uh, waiting for the libraries to kind of to reopen. Okay, it'll be the next thing I get. Oh, I, know, yeah. I get, I get so much on my four later shelf on the libraries right now. As soon as everything opens again, it's like, cool, here's like 40 things to check out. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, I still have uh, the two seasons of Mr. Mercedes that I got from um, the library that I want to start watching before I have to return them. So I actually pulled like them out. <laughs> I know. Well, and it keeps getting pushed back, but I, I feel like. I had, I, I, when I knew the libraries were closing, I went and checked out like a dozen books and a bunch of DVDs. Yeah, Allison, and, I did that too. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've been doing a lot of stuff on Kindle. So I've only kind of slowly been, and doing a lot of streaming stuff. So I, I physically took the discs out and put them on my fireplace so that I would like watch them because I, I finished uh, the outs. Hit my, hit my headphones. I finished The Outsider and I really liked it. Uh, and this is in the same universe from the universe, books. yeah, same series of books. Or I know that the TV shows themselves aren't linked, but I, I, yeah. So we'll, yeah, we'll but see. The books are so, and then uh, I haven't read Stephen King's new book, If It Bleeds, but one of the novellas in that is a continuation of uh, of Holly Gibney again. So, oh, okay. 
So I, yeah, I haven't read that yet, so I have it, so I can't say what exactly happens. So right. I'm not going to either. But well, I, and, I don't and details, but. the HBO outsider also like it made a bunch of different choices from the book. Yeah, choices that I actually think improved the story, honestly. So I, I think all of the choices made were good ones. But uh, yeah, interesting. Um, total sidebar. I, I, in addition to the other things that I've been watching on Shutter, I just started watching the History of Horror series, mini, you know, mm, limited series, yeah, yeah. which is quite strong, also. Um, but Joe Hill is on there, and I noticed how freaking much he looks like yeah. his dad. He's almost a clone. <laughs> he, he is like a dead ringer for his dad, and so much so that I think he grew a beard so that he wouldn't get mistaken for his dad so much. But you you can't mistake it. This guy is like he looks exactly like his dad. Yeah, and uh, he's the little he's the kid at the beginning of a creep, creep show. show. Oh, yeah. that's right. Whoa. That Tom Atkins takes the comic away from. Whoa. Oh. Yeah, and he gets his revenge and now i grew up to be yeah grow up to be another great horror writer uh mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. originally he wanted to be separate from stephen king but apparently after a while people were like this this writing is very much like king it's, it's very much like stephen king and if people was like, yeah i'm him but of course <laughs> you just see him you're like that's him you, <laughs> that's you see, well but what i like about it and I, I i it actually the show made me want to read the book because i I see the influence Stephen King had on his writing, but I also feel like he he creates, I don't know, he plots things out differently. Yeah. The beats are different. Um and I mean I'm I again I need to read Nosferatu, but uh yeah, I don't know. And I, should, I also want to recommend when it comes to uh, Joe Hill books, Horns is great. The movie itself is pretty yeah. okay too. I I, um, I loved the book of Horns. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Heart Shaped Box was fantastic. Kind of fumbles a little bit towards the end, as many things do. Uh, but his short story collection, Twentieth Century Ghosts, is phenomenal. Hmm. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm it's absolutely fantastic. Um, and also, I personally re- recommend that. Um, and I know full, I haven't read Full Throttle. But I know that's a couple of different uh, shorts. Um, my wife read that. That's one thing she got out of the library before it closed. So maybe I'll get around to reading before everything's returned. Yeah, we got uh, a giant pile on our uh, on our kitchen table of like 25 books, movies, CDs uh, that, that we checked yeah. out of the library that we can't bring back. Yeah, I, I do sort of wish I could drop stuff off because I get a certain satisfaction when I finish something from the library of then like immediately returning it. Yeah. And uh, it's part of my walk route is to walk by the library. So I'm like, I want to just, I just want to. I almost wish they'd open up so you can drop everything back off. Like this, here's a box. Just put it in the box. Just we'll make it, check things yeah, in. I don't need to check more things out. I'm off my table. <laughs> yeah, I want to, I have a basket where I keep things that I borrow or things from the library and it's stuffed right now. So yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I've been working through on on years. I've been working through um, Joe Bob a lot. I'm really behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched Phantasm three the other day, so that's where I'm at. Oh wow! So I'm at okay. About a year and something. I finished that, then watched last year's, and then come back around. Um, but it's always cool to have those, even re- revisiting. Like I'm, I'm enjoying the Phantasm series more this time. I've never been a big Phantasm fan. Sorry, yeah, Tony. I'm, I'm still and watching them this time. I was like, okay. In case you just unfollowed our podcast, thanks, Bob. Huh. Jason Mortensen just unfollowed us because yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. I saw the shining. Well, he, he didn't because I because there's one stalwart defender of the first Phantasm movie in our, in our in our little pod here, so he's not going to totally write us off. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, love, I love, love the first one. I, the sequels I've been kind of iffy on, but this time through I enjoyed part two a lot more, and I really like Lord of the Dead. Um, but I'm, but I'll get four and five when I get to those soon. But anywho. <laughs> Is, uh, is this our, our brief Cliff's Notes thing uh, at this point? Or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just like looking so forward to like having you guys over for another theme night because I think we really need to have a Bollywood horror theme night. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. I have watched, I've watched. I actually have had these for years, but I, the only one that I have watched so far, or as of last weekend, is, is uh, Maha Call the Monster, which is basically the, the Bollywood uh, Freddy Krueger ripoff. Yep. Only he's got a mullet, and instead of Johnny Depp, you get uh, a uh, barrel-chested uh, Hindi guy with uh, Jerry Curls doing a Michael Jackson impersonation. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. In, in one of the many musical numbers. These are like... Um, yeah, Mahakal the Monster is 145 minutes long. Ooh. Um, right. The two that I watched uh, this last weekend, Bondi Dar- Darwaza and Piranha Mandir, those are each 145 minutes long as well. They're like two hours and 25 minutes. And the thing That's is. Standard for Bollywood. Well, yeah, it is. And the thing is, I never thought I would say this, but Jesus Christ, they whiz by. They are so berserk. Every every single Bollywood horror movie is like five movies lumped into one. They're amazing. They're absolutely surreal and amazing. I there's some, I'm hope I want to chip through all of them hopefully this weekend and and like actually like do something to like cover them like maybe write about them or something because they're just um, I I know that you guys are as enchanted as I am with seeing horror movies from other countries because you're seeing oftentimes Western popular cultural iconography and images and stuff filtered through another culture's sensibilities. And that is fascinating as is. Um, but when it's like this uh, and it's, and it's like candy coated and yet, you know, they're throwing in all these horror tropes uh, that are distinctively Western. It's just, it's, it's gold. It's such a blast. I had so much fun watching these things last Friday. I was just like, Oh my God. And you get to a point where it's like, just when you think you're like worn out, they'll throw in like some crazy ass musical number or you'll get like a genuinely well-crafted, like atmospherically shot horror scene. They'll do something really gnarly and gross. And you're like, oh, what? what, what? Fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to follow up on before we, before we let you all go? Let our listeners go and be like, God, stop talking, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We will return with more recommendations. Yeah. I hope we come back every week and pop up a couple more things that we've been watching and these little mini episodes. Yeah. Um, So like us to that. uh, Subscribe. Uh, I got an email as we were doing this that uh, the worst movie of the year, it's the the separate stream, which covers the same movies, but uh, its own stream, Mm -hmm. uh, got approved by iTunes. So that should be up there. Oh, nice. So it's going to have its own little thing. Uh, And you can like both uh, City of Geek and the worst movie of the year at Facebook. And uh, there's a transistor stream uh, for worst movie of the year as well. Uh, the worst movie of the year. Dot sweet. Hey Bob, so when are we talking about Ghostbusters on that worst movie of the year? We're never going to talk about Ghostbusters because they ha- they all have good oh, <laughs> I did just get. I'm getting a screener for something that I I said I would review. Uh, 
from a new movie that's coming out Tuesday, and they're going to be sending me a street a screen a screamer screamer i was trying to say streamer and then i'm like that's not right so i tried to say screamer and i'm like that's not right either that's a, but if, if it's you're a pun, watching a horror it's, movie that's the way that's, yeah. that's the if it's a pun it's good enough you know the thing yeah. is is i'm not entirely sure what kind of movie it is from the trailer it's called union bridge haven't heard of it Neither had I, uh, but they they had sent me their trailer and want and said you like if you want more info and I was like, I, send me a screen and I'll review review it and they were like okay so they're sending me one, um, so we'll see. <laughs> but I'm, I, I watched on IMDb. I was like I'm not sure what this is, but I'm intrigued, so I will watch it. Cool, cool. So we'll look forward to that and see where things go from there. Mm-hmm. All right. All cool. right. Well, well thanks that. everyone for listening. Thank all of you for for coming out and talking to us today. 